What's up? What's up? What's up? Good people. It's your girl, Didi Leggett, a.k.a. The Core Queen. Y'all know we hear the break. I mean, oh, the Core Queen podcast. <laughs> Look, <laughs> have my other podcast last night. Oh, well, go watch it. The Breaking Barriers podcast. I have a special, 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 special guest here with me, y'all. Listen, first of all, let me just explain that his energy is amazing. So right now I'm like so relaxed. <laughs> it's just so amazing. But y'all welcome one of the most versatile artists on the planet. Yeah. Tico B. <clears throat> yeah. 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 No problem. Look. Indeed. I met Tigo probably about two years ago, something like that. Roughly. Yeah, at Anthony Hamilton uh show, he was performing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Got a little bit of talent. No, no, I ain't gonna little you like that. It's all good. I ain't gonna little you because like you ain't mean nothing bad by it. <laughs> you ain't mean nothing bad no. by it. But you were amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate that. But I'm gonna read this outstanding bio that he has okay. so y'all know who he is. All right. Because he's pretty amazing. Just right. saying, just saying. And ladies, I told y'all earlier in my live. It's fine. <laughs> I appreciate that too. <laughs> so listen, y'all. He was born in Raleigh, North Carolina, as Monty Faulkner. Indeed. But we call him Tigo B. Yeah. He is an entertainer turned entrepreneur. His notable tracks include Vibe and 69. Hmm, that's 69. Oh, let me be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> With frequent collaborator Rico Barino. Y'all know that last name, right? Color hmm. Purple. American Idol, Miss Fantasia's brother. For sure. As well as the song Where You Come From with DJ Luke Nasty. If y'all don't know who that is, I'm not even about to fool with y'all. Get off my podcast <laughs> if you don't know who DJ Luke Nasty is. Tigo discovered his musical gift at the age of 20 during an impromptu studio session where his friends encouraged him to get on the mic. Oh, you was you was you were secure like that? You was confident? Yeah, yeah. I've been confident for quite some time. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> Since then, he has dedicated his life to honing in on his craft and developing as a well-rounded artist. He's commit His commitment to music these past few years has awarded him the opportunity to share stages with the likes of B.O.B., Jeezy, Young Dolph, Wale, Moneybag Yo, and the City Girls. Following the launch of his restaurant, Romeo's Vegan Burgers. Yeah. Yeah. That's big boy status right there. <laughs> he got a restaurant, y'all. Not one, but two. And a food truck. Look, anyway, let me, let me, let me stop. Respect. I'm getting hot. <laughs> Tigo credits time spent visiting monks at Buddhist temples in China's Anoy province for the ability to properly obtain a new level of spirituality. See, that's why I told y'all the calming, the calmness <laughs> over here. He was over there with the people. Oh, man. Tigo, listen. These practices have aided him tremendously in not only furthering develop his artistry, but jumpstarting his career, his journey into veganism. Indeed. I was going to say something so inappropriate. I am not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> he clean, y'all. <laughs> He's clean. <laughs> Which spawned the birth of his vegan burger brand, Romeo's Vegan Burgers, after the COVID-19 COVID pandemic put his music career on hold. With the renew renewed mindset, because he was over there with the people, y'all, the monks, <laughs> it was quiet. <laughs> it was quiet. <laughs> Future ahead of him. This talented creative released the female-friendly singles all the time and winner. Y'all meet, like I said, the most versatile artist on the planet, Tigo B. 
I appreciate the intro. Thank you. You're Thank you. Welcome. We are here. We are in the building. Yes. I can't so, believe you're here. Yeah, right. You mm, know. Don't look at me. I can't look in your eyes. Get nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what has been your experience so far in the music industry? Um, I mean, you know, it's ups and downs like any other industry. You know, um, like I was telling you off camera, I feel like don't matter if you're an actor or a comedian or in the NFL, NBA, whatever you in, you know, you're going to have competition. You're going to have um, just the politics of that particular industry. So, you know, you you look at it one way from the outside looking in, but when you get inside, you realize how much smoke and mirrors there are. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Lots of smoke and mirrors. So um, I say, I mean, my, it, it was... It was and still is very eye-opening, and I appreciate it because, you know, it gave me a lot of knowledge, and it helped me just understand people in a different way, mm. you know. But, um, yeah, so I, I approach it as a business. I understand that it's not a personal thing, and I once took it a little bit more personally because, you know, as artists, we emotional. And y'all sensitive about y'all shit. You heard what Erica <laughs> said. You heard what Erica said. So, you know, you got you to gotta kind of move out of that space and understand that, there are literally millions of artists. Mm. Every Friday, there are hundreds of thousands of records that release. Every single Friday, there are hundreds of thousands of records that release. And, you know, with that being said, you're, you're in a sea of that. So it's definitely a what have you done for me lately type situation. Mm. Um, and, yeah, so I would say that just overall, it's been just ups and downs okay. like anything else, right. if I'm speaking honestly. Yeah, that was a great assessment because, yeah, <laughs> We ain't going to get into it. I'm glad your experience was like that. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So how, um, what's been like your most memorable project that you've worked on? Hmm. Um, most memorable. I'd probably say my, my very first project, it was called mm -hmm. Time's Up. And, you know, at that time I had... It, because it, for a long time, I had just been making music. You know, okay. I was moving around that time with... Uh, Brandon D, shout out to Brandon D, uh, Ricky Ruckus, or the whole Naps crew. And that was like, a, we were a really popular group back in Greensboro, North Carolina. We made a, okay. a, a lot of noise, you know. And around that time, like, I was just buzzing and everybody was just waiting for me. Because I was a part of this group at the time. Mm -hmm. and I went solo and everybody was just oh. waiting for me to drop, waiting for me to drop. And then I finally put out a project called Time's Up, basically. Like, it was time for mm -hmm. me to go ahead and do it. And at that time, I had... um. This is when Waka Flocka was first really getting popping. So uh -huh. he and I had connected. Okay. And he was a part of uh, my lead single. And that's really turned up for the Carolina. So that's how people really got aware of me. At that same time, I had met K Camp before he was mm -hmm. with Large. I had Sayari the Kid on the project. Okay. Um, you know, so it was it was real, it was real dope, man. And my man E Sud, you know, who mm. is, you know, DJ E Sud, yep. shout out to my boy. Yeah, you know, he really helped connect some dots and uh yeah, so I would say just that time, like, it was my first time really putting that music right. out there and, you know, just really exposing myself in that way. So it was extremely memorable. Okay. So I'd say Time's Up, my first project, that was the most memorable for me out of everything. And how long ago was that? Oh, man, let me think real quick because <laughs> now nah, it's been a second. Yeah, that was probably like, that was like 14 years ago. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, it was like 14 years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've been, this thing? Okay. I've been doing it a minute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've been doing it a minute. Okay. So I hear, well, I'm not going to say I hear because I've experienced this. Yeah. And I've asked a lot of artists, um, producers, 
DJs about their experience in the Carolina music industry or mm -hmm. scene. Yeah. What's your experience? Because I feel like it's a lot of talent here, but I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it's a lot of support here. Oh, uh, I think that it is because the, the industry doesn't live here. You know, I mean, if if we just being honest, you know, a lot of times people would try and compare it to an Atlanta or uh -huh. compare it to a New York or compare it to a L.A. And these are major cities we're talking about, you know. Yeah. And uh, North Carolina is more of a melting pot of people in general. Uh -huh. You know, a lot of people come from all over to come here because of the cost of living, you yeah. know, the four seasons, all these different things that you get the experience here. So. I think just that because the music industry doesn't live here and ha and it's just really starting to come here in many mm -hmm. ways, people just aren't familiar with the ways to go about getting the music out there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not that we don't aren't getting on. I mean, you have your J. Coles of the world. You have mm -hmm. your the babies of the world, you know, who mm -hmm. have gotten a lot of exposure. Like you said, even my partner, Lute Nasty, mm -hmm. you know, myself, other artists like have been moving around for some time, but at the end of the day, I think, again, like the main reason that we just haven't had that movement that Atlanta has had or whatnot, mm -hmm. just because it's really a lack of education. Okay. That would be my answer. Okay. That was a very political answer. I love it. <laughs> I mean, it was true, though. <laughs> like, it's just how I feel, you know? I mean, I ain't going to lie to you. Okay. So, um, and because you kind of expounded on or went into my next question, which was why it... Okay. I'm a, I'm gonna be I'm just gonna be candid. You should be candid. Okay. Yeah. So, like you mentioned, the baby. Yeah. Um, he has a, a very heavy influence in the music industry. Sure. And his team is here, mm -hmm. so they have connections. Indeed. Whatever you want in the industry. Indeed. I, from a person that's not from the Carolinas at all. Yeah. And I've been to several different states, and I've witnessed, and it's not even in major cities. I've mm -hmm. been in Alabama, mm -hmm. been in Tampa, like these different industries or states where the support is so evident. Okay. But when I come here, I don't see that. Sure. Like I don't see, especially because before I I wasn't stationed anywhere where there were these big names where people yeah. you know this person put this person on, they have the network now, they can yeah. pull some more people from this city and do yeah. the same things. Even the radios, all this stuff, like the way other cities support their local artists is so far ahead of how Charlotte does it. It's, it's insane to me. So I'm just trying to figure out with so much talent here, why is it such a struggle for the people here who already have these connections to put these pieces together for these people that are here? I mean, you know, <clears throat> I can only speak on my own experience, right? Mm -hmm. Just keeping it real again. Like when I was in Greensboro, like I can't take nothing away from Greensboro. Greensboro showed all the love. The radio station, Big Mo and everybody mm -hmm. that was there showed me all the love. Like mm -hmm. myself, like Rico, you know, Barino, yep. you know what I'm saying? We we got the love. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a problem. Luke Nasty is an example. Again, we got the mm -hmm. love out there. We had open mics all the time and my partner Jay White was throwing and it mm -hmm. was, it was really a lot of camaraderie. <laughs> Charlotte, you know, I've been here six years now, and even me being here, I had more of a name, but still, you know, it's been love. Like, Chuck T do his thing to really pull a bunch of artists together. I watch mm -hmm. him do it all the time. He got the thing going with the Charlotte Hornets. He bring artists all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, even like my boy Butterfingers, he makes sure to play remixes of artists from mm -hmm. Charlotte, North Carolina. So let's say that there's a, a popular song out right now, but an artist from 
from Charlotte do a remix, he'll mix it in mm -hmm. and play that version. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So even them boys, No Limit Larry, um, er everybody at the station, man, just to keep it real with you, like, it's, it's, I feel like they do. I mean, that's just my real opinion. I really feel like they try and do what they can, but, you know, the artists also had to come together and the other tastemakers had to come together. So it's more in that space that I would say there's more of an issue, you know. Mm -hmm. Ego is always going to be on that shit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So until, yeah. until artists get that mindset of wanting to work together and collaborate right. in a more expansive way, we're going to keep getting the same shit. Yeah. Yeah, I but I, I wouldn't put the blame on anybody in, in radio or even the DJs because, you know, mm -hmm. again, in my experience, they always show love. Okay. Always show yeah. love. I do agree with the the artist needed to. I don't know if it's it's a uh, like it is an ego thing because I don't think anybody wants to take the back burner to anybody else. Yeah, and they don't sure. I don't think there's a, a connection where if, if I get on, then I'm going to pull you with me next. Exactly. And I, and I think what i've seen since i've been here because and i don't know maybe it's just who they're uh gravitating towards because um what's the name of the daggone south south coast music group yeah like they have their their pot of artists that they yeah exactly they they, they work with the artists that, that they work with you know right and i don't know any of these people but i'm just mm -hmm. saying and which is weird to me because yeah. <laughs> because the people that i see all the time like at the showcases at the things that chuck teach yeah. Like these artists that are that I see putting in the work that these no limit all of them are putting on, mm -hmm. I don't see these other people like trying to work with them. I, I don't know what it is about, but it's just it's just strange to me. Yeah. To not have like a Yo Gotti or Young Dolph in Charlotte that have a whole team of people because there's so many people here. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, I can't, I can't, I don't know, I can't speak for what South yeah. Coast got, you know, what they're trying to oh, do. But I will say that I know Arnold Taylor personally. And um, you know, he's I feel like he he be tapped in, you know, and we would I knew him, I knew the baby and him before the the blow up, mm -hmm. I would say, you know what I'm saying? And again, it was always love. So I feel like they just figuring out how, how they feel. You know, there's certain artists they work with, like the baby was working with Dunk, the baby was mm -hmm. working with um Stunner Fo Vegas, mm -hmm. you know, the baby he worked with people that was moving around. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's just that <clears throat> there might be people who had more recognition at the time but mm -hmm. they chose to rock with who they was rocking with okay. you know what i'm saying there it is <laughs> <laughs> for sure so if you could pick any mainstream artist that you haven't worked with yet who would you want to collaborate with beyonce <laughs> he meant that <laughs> come on beyonce we can make one oh my yeah God. Yeah. That was yeah. a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. But that was a good one. It's a business for me. Yeah. You know uh -huh. what I'm, saying? I'm sure. Yeah, it's a business. <laughs> yeah. That was a good one. So did you um watch Usher's performance at the Super Bowl? I did see it. I, I saw what everybody was getting, you know, they panties in a bunch about, you know, then about him hugging on. And I thought that was crazy because oh I mean it was just a performance, but you know it just kind of go to show you what people in mentality at. You know what How I'm saying? Insecure they are. Exactly, people just insecure. You know, yeah. a performance and the man hugging behind. I mean, that's that's how people is. Like actors have whole sex scenes. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> but I, I, but I feel like I feel like they did a hell of a job. Amazing. Yeah, us have been, but us had a resurgence. He Heck really yeah. has. He's had a, a hell of a since he started having his residency yeah. in Vegas. It's like he a new artist. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. he got Blue his second album, win. All that, no, that's just doing his thing. Yeah, yeah he, he killed it. He um, killed it. We was I had a Super Bowl party, so we was in here okay. cutting up. Yeah, you, you would have thought we was on there performing. Listen, yeah, I guess <laughs> like, we were on stage. Oh my god, I <laughs> thought it was amazing. The details that he put into that performance was yeah. outstanding. So. Yeah, but yeah, I hate that that overshadowed the performance. This whole him hugging her, I thought that was just weird and that was light, man. Uh, people were like couldn't have been my wife. I said, damn sure couldn't because she would never been on the stage. Exactly, cats just, <laughs> cats just be insecure. That's all. That's all it be. Yeah, that is uh too much insecurity. Yeah, but he did, it. and I was um one thing I I was upset that didn't happen, and I don't know the logistics or why it did or didn't uh-huh. take place. Um, but when he started doing love in the club. And Jeezy didn't come out. I was so disappointed. Yeah, that was. I wanted to see Jeezy. I did want to see that myself. Oh. I definitely want yeah. to see that myself. Jeezy would have popped out there. I would have lost it. Yeah, yeah, it would have been hard. <laughs> lost it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and um. But, oh, what you want? Oh man, oh, what you need? I probably passed out. <laughs> I would have passed out. That's what I was waiting for, though. It didn't happen. But I was so happy that he did not um. Dumb down his performance and not bring out the stripper pole. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you gotta yeah, have yeah, you gotta have that. Yeah, that yeah. was awesome. Yeah, for sure. Good show, Usher. Great job, indeed. Um, so how do you feel about the state of the music industry right now? Music itself, everything as a whole. Mm, I think it's doing. Uh, I mean, I think it's evolving with like how social media is. Mm. You know, everything's real microwave, like. Mm. So music is microwavable now too. You know, like yeah. it's all about okay, you put out some content yesterday, but what about today? You know, so that's just that's just what it is. So, you know, before, you know, artists could put out an album, ride on that album for a year or two. You know what I'm saying? You take it way back, somebody like 50 Cent would get rich or die trying. Like yeah. that was riding for almost two summers. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Versus today, like you it it can be Drake put yeah. out an album and after a week, what's next? Yeah. So I'm trying to yeah. say. So yeah. you know, it's really just the music industry. I feel like it's just become so microwavable, and I feel mm-hmm. like artists aren't. Well, you know, I ain't gonna say that. I do feel like artists are still, you know, being honest in their music and 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 you know, trying to really hone their craft. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, everybody is on this clout chase right now. Mm everybody though you know what i'm saying like everybody is is fighting for attention and people are thinking about creating based off of the amount of attention that it'll get yep. versus the quality of the product <laughs> and you know i think that that's just spans even beyond music but i do feel like that's the the issue with music today you know it ain't about quality they only looking at it as a business they're not looking at it in any other way right and it's just about really looking at it like a trap you know it kind of started when when drug dealers really got into music, when the trap mm. scene hit, you know, that's when drug dealers like, well, shit, I got some money, so yep. I can hop in there, talk about whipping, you know what I'm saying, and yeah. doing this, that, and a third, and then it made it to where you could make money off it. So now you got the similar situation, but it's like, okay, I got a following, so mm. I can drop this on. I look good, so I can drop this <laughs> on. I got a TV show, so I can drop a song. So right. now anybody, you know, so it just it just kind of watered it all down. Oh my God. It's watered down. It is. So, I agree. But you know, but social media is watered down. Everything watered down. Don't yep. really matter what content you consuming. You have to create it at such a rate that 
there's no way for it to be that authentic is mm. because you got to live life in order to really produce quality content right. you know what i'm saying so yeah. you, you ain't living enough life if all you're doing is producing content producing content producing content you know so yeah yeah we just it's just a brainwashed situation absolutely yeah and and it's because we have we are this generation is um their attention span is so short super short and if you if you look at it like most people don't have regular cable anymore mm -hmm. everything is a streaming service and all the streaming services most of them give you episode after episode like you can just keep watching things for sure so they expect content to come like that mm -hmm. and that's why everything's being pushed out so so frequently and then you have TikTok, which has just lord have mercy it is just like spawned out of control in my opinion and like these kids they literally we went from facebook mm -hmm. where you could literally have to read some stuff like you got to kind of think about stuff scroll and read for sure then instagram oh you can look at a few pictures for sure. now snapchat and, and and tiktok is like yeah it's so fast everything instant yeah so everything and instant. that's what the music is like and that's why the quality is so down because anybody could do it yeah anybody anybody, <laughs> anybody i mean but all of it though you know i'm sure like i know comedians feel it you know yeah, yeah you know it's a lot of people out here yeah. who just everybody want to be funny everybody yeah. want to do a, a funny uh piece of content yeah because they feel like it get attention and mm -hmm. they feel like that could get them some money and it's just it's like high school all over again. oh my goodness yeah. but you know i've been a cool kid so i ain't pressed <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm saying. I know you know? That's listen, yeah, I told y'all. Look, <laughs> you are funny. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So, would you, since we just talked about all that, would you recommend, like, say, if a kid or somebody wanted to get into the music industry, would you recommend them do it? I recommend it if they were passionate about it. Mm. You know, I feel like, I feel like that's the that's the magic ingredient, man. Like, if you if you're passionate about something, if you're excited about something, then the universe kind of come together for you. You know, everything happens real easy when you're passionate mm -hmm. about it. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, look at, I think it's an old story, but it's a real story. You know, look at Michael Jordan, right? He ain't made the basketball team. Right. But he was driven, you know, because he was passionate to do it. So the fact that here goes a guy that couldn't even make his high school basketball team mm -hmm. at first, now arguably the greatest player ever. I don't even think it's no argument. But with that being said, it was just because of the passion and then everything lined up to yeah. where, you know, He's a billionaire off of the passion. And yeah. anytime a person is driven and passionate, the universe give you the helping hand. You mm. know what I'm saying? So if you're doing it as a means to an end, you know, like doing stuff because you think, well, it's going to make me some money. Mm -hmm. So I should do this. Mm -hmm. If you think you should do anything, then you shouldn't do it. Now that's a word. What a collection plate <laughs> Look. <laughs> Listen, Thanks. because that, when you say that, because I'm like, I'm I'm in this thing trying to help somebody, but mm -hmm. I don't like this. Yeah, like you, like I'm watching people who really they bleed this thing. Yeah, that music is something that's just in them. Yeah, I can't be in here with y'all because I don't like this. So I'm gonna have attitude, and y'all gonna want me to leave. So let me just stay at home. Thanks. But yeah, I think that's that's good advice. Um, because I know for some reason. Every child thinks that they're gonna be a rapper right now. Yeah, man. You know, it's just social media though. Yeah. You know, that's that's yeah. the new TV. Like, so I mean, and I understand it. Like, how how as a thinking human being, if you look, if you a child looking outside of your eyes, your people telling you, go to school and be this, go to school and be that. But 
you seeing people that's your age already making millions mm -hmm. on social media, you know, yeah. because your parents ain't saying go to school because you're passionate about X, Y, and Z. No, they're saying go to school because it will make you a living. Mm -hmm. So the child is just relating to that. Okay, if it's about making a living, well, this is an easier way to do it. Yeah. There's not a human really on the planet that's not trying to work smarter versus harder. You see what I'm saying? Right, and I, I agree with that, but what I don't like about that whole concept that it's easy, because mm -hmm. it's not. It's not, it's not. <laughs> but it's just that that's the... That's, that's the what ideology. They, right. That's what they see. They just right. see it's happening. So they're like, oh, I can hop on there and grab yeah. my phone and boom, make it happen. You know, right. but as you said, man, that look, anything worth having ain't easy. Nope. Let's put it that way. It's but, not. But what I will say is if you're passionate about it, then it won't feel as difficult. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you feel me? I do. Yeah. I, I feel you. I I feel you. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just jaded. Yeah, that's it. This yeah. is me projecting. Oh, word. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, how did you? How did your journey into entrepreneurship start? Ah, uh, yeah. So, you know, kind of like what you touched on when you gave me that amazing intro. Um, <laughs> during the pandemic, I had just uh, actually inked a deal with Universal Canada at that moment, and I'm talking about as the ink was drying, COVID happened. Um, yeah, so everybody was at a standstill. Nobody really knew what to do because mm -hmm. music is one of those things where it's a crowd-dependent thing. Mm -hmm. Even at funerals, music is there. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Right. So, But at this moment, even funerals weren't happening. Mm -hmm. Therefore, where are you going to perform your music at? And this is before Versus even started, that mm -hmm. Swiss Beats and, mm -hmm. and Timberland did. This is before all of that. So it's like, okay, what are we going to do? Right. So we, myself and my business partner, Fox, you know, he, he's been my partner through everything. He's my, my manager in mm -hmm. my music career. Then we, you know, we just developed a very tight brotherhood and expanded beyond that. But he, he and I had been thinking about doing a vegan spot. We've been vegans for some time. Okay. So we just said, you know, now is the opportunity. So we went, got the food truck. We sat down, we was in uh South Park, Charlotte. We drove around for 30 minutes to an hour, came up with the whole concept. And you know he a Gemini too, so we uh -oh. creative. You dig what I'm saying? Uh -oh. I, Gemini's are the most hated. I don't Absolutely. really understand why, because if you think about this, is a small tangent. Biggest smalls Gemini, <laughs> Tupac Gemini, Lauren Hill Gemini, Kanye West Gemini. Man, the most hated. These and, people got the most controversy. Anyway. But but do you understand? Because they on the fringe, they see something that others just can see from right here. And you know, the reason they hate it just because they're not accepted for who they are. But don't we all want to be accepted for who we are? We do. You see what I'm trying we to say? Do. So <laughs> that's all that's really going on at the end of the day. But anyway, so me and my Gemini brother, we rode around, used our creativity, created uh, the whole concept. And then we we started marketing it before it dropped. And at that moment, uh, the shade room was following me. And then, you know, I, if I'm being honest, I think. I don't even think it was for the music. I think it was just probably for my appearance or something like that. And, <laughs> no, and then, <laughs> no, no, for real. So, so then anytime I would comment, that's how social media work. If somebody's following you uh -huh. and you follow them back, when you comment, your comment will shoot to the top. So what I did was I just capitalized on that. I can be kind of witty. So I use that as an opportunity. I was already popular for just saying insightful things in uh -huh. comment section. So I just said, stuff about my vegan restaurant. So as an example, you know, like Chris Rock got slapped by Will Smith. 
So I, they might make a post about it, and I'll be like, damn, that's crazy. But you want to know what else slap <laughs> is Romeo's vegan burgers. So people be laughing about it. I think it. I used to see your yeah. comments in there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then every day I have a new thousand followers, a new thousand followers. Yeah. So we just built the brand off. I, I just leveraged my popularity here, uh -huh. then moved it over here to, to Romeo's. Uh -huh. And then, you know, as, as I'll show you, like, I remember like the first day we popped out there, we had a line and the line just kept extending and extending and extending. You know, we had people waiting outside because this is during the pandemic again. Mm. So it won't no club. Our food truck was the club. So it was people, 100 people standing out in line in the rain and it was hailing one day. You know what I'm saying? Like it was that type <laughs> of situation. Wow. Like So, you know, and then people just, it just kept growing and growing. And in a year's time, we had the first location, you know, mm -hmm. at South Boulevard. And, and yeah, so that's that was my first real introduction into, I'd say, that level of entrepreneurship. Okay. Cause look, I've been yeah. selling candy since I was in middle school. You see what I'm saying? So I've been making, dude. I've been, I've been making things happen. <laughs> I'm making things happen for for a long time. You know what I'm saying? So, but th that level, absolutely. <laughs> okay, look, you just that guy, I guess. Mm -hmm. I'll take it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you think that social media glamorizes entrepreneurship too much? Mm -hmm. I think that. Social media makes people feel like they have to have everything together. Mm. That's what I say. Social media is the highlight reel, reel so people mm -hmm. present their best selves. So they want to say the right thing. They want to mm -hmm. say the most informative thing, again, because they're trying to get that attention. Mm -hmm. And what people are gravitating towards, their idea of perfection, usually. You see mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So I do feel like a lot of people try to approach things as if they the guru of whatever that thing is. You see what I'm saying? So, so yeah, I mean, they definitely try to glamorize it, but at the end of the day, you know, again, anything worth having is not really easy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's going to require that effort, but you know, it's always somebody on social media saying, Hey, I did this and I did that and I did that and I made this million dollars and you can oh do it too. God. Matter of fact, sign up for my free class down below, just hit the link. And this is just a constant thing. Yeah. But if it were that easy, then everybody would do it. Mm -hmm. Everybody would be millionaires. But I, I have yet to see somebody that really hit that link and is now moving around the <laughs> Rambo. It just don't. Yeah, I agree. And I just, you know, I, I watch a lot of things to um collect information from my podcast. And the going theme for some reason is like everybody's an entrepreneur now. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what do y'all consider entrepreneur? Because yeah, I don't know if like selling lashes. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, like it's just they make it seem like, oh, I'm gonna quit my nine to five and go do this because this is what they said I'm supposed to do. I'm like, yeah. The word is what they say is you need multiple streams multiple. of income. Multiple. That is the thing that you always gonna hear. Multiple, multiple streams of income, and it's just just regurgitate information. Look, you know, in my opinion. If you have a career that you love, that's paying the bills, you able to to stomach that, you know, I feel like in your free time, because this is how the Japanese do it, you find something that pays well, and then you also do something for yourself that brings passion and love into your life. You can yep. create that type of dichotomy. You don't have to necessarily be an entrepreneur. Yeah. If you do want to take that route of entrepreneurship, I would suggest doing something that you really enjoy because entrepreneurship doesn't cut off nine to five. It's 24-7. Mm, listen.
because um I ain't quitting my job. I like my job. It mm -hmm. pays a lot of money. Yeah. And I don't have to leave my house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there it is. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But I'm also an entrepreneur too. So yeah, ain't nothing wrong with that. And I don't have to leave my house to do that either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I just I just want people to like really know. And I maybe I don't I think maybe in the curriculums now in school, they're starting to put more like uh spotlights and highlights on classes with entrepreneurship and stuff like that so yeah that they can actually learn the entirety of being an entrepreneur because it's not just saying it like sure. doing the work is it's a lot yeah it's very stressful yeah absolutely stressful. absolutely you got to be built for it. and everybody ain't ain't built no for it. Nah, everybody is not built for it mm -mm. not at all some days i ain't built for it i just go to sleep though <laughs> <So>. <laughs> wake up new That's i get it. it start over i get it so tell me about your vegan burger brand. Like you have a vegan burger. Yes, indeed. Tell me about that. I mean, well, we got many vegan burgers, oh. but the brand itself is uh no, it's all good. You <laughs> know, I just like to be clear. That's all it is. So we have Romeo's vegan burgers, the very best vegan burgers in Charlotte. We're one of the first drive-through vegan establishments in the United States. You know, um one of the one of the first for real, you know. And with that being said, it's like we really got in the kitchen ourselves. We really mixed up the sauces ourselves. We really crafted it because we wanted something that didn't just taste good, but something that would make a person who was not a vegan consider it, mm. you know, and realize that it's not about it being vegan or not vegan because only two types of food and that's good food and bad food. I mean, there's plenty mm. of times you done went to somebody's place that's serving chicken and it's not good mm -hmm. and you go somebody else's place they're serving chicken and it's amazing mm -hmm. you go one place and the mac and cheese fire you go another place <laughs> and you know that mac and cheese you saw what i'm trying to say <laughs> so with that being said it's good food and bad food and you know I've, I've been a vegan for some time i've been detoxing so my taste buds is the, the palate is right and so mm -hmm. is my business partner so we made sure to to test it out have other people try it and make sure sure it was up to par um but you know we don't just say that we the best the people say it. and the fact that 80 percent of our clientele is not vegan i think that really proves the point so okay. romeo's vegan burgers is the spot that offers comfort food we have vegan milkshakes we have chili cheese fries we have uh, a an assortment of vegan burgers you know mm -hmm. um we have chicken burgers you know all, all types of things for everybody black bean burgers the whole nine and um, you know, every time people come through, they don't believe that it's really what it is until <laughs> right. they taste it and they're like, wow, this is amazing. Right. Um, so you know, the brand is something that's grown. We have a location in, in South Charlotte, we have another location in Tate Street in Greensboro. We primarily keep our food truck in North Charlotte, and we plan to expand this thing as far as the most high will allow. Oh, yeah. You better advertise your business. <laughs> <laughs> that's the vision. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. So you did something that most people will never be able to say they did. Okay. You visited the monks at the Buddhist temple. All right. What was that like? So, I mean, you know, just to, just to provide more clarity, you know, I had, um, it was right after I did my first project, Time's Up, that okay. I was talking about. So at that time, I had also found meditation. And it was an interesting time because here I was, had all this popularity. I was mm -hmm. trending on Twitter back then, all of this stuff. And, you know, I had found a guy, his name was uh, David Wilcock. And he was talking about like, yeah, if you get into meditation, then you can access this third eye and they call it the pineal gland. Mm -hmm. And when you access the pineal gland and you can see 
into different dimensions. And I was like, shit, I want to see. <laughs> I want to see. I've been waiting for these superpowers. Mm -hmm. I'm watching X-Men. I'm watching different things as a kid. And there's something in me that told me that there's something to it. You know, mm -hmm. can't, I, I ain't care what nobody else said. You know, you always got to you got to trust your gut. Mm -hmm. And I know my intuition be on point, just like yours is. Mm -hmm. Right? So mm -hmm. with that being said, I went with it. The third time I meditated, I'll just say I had a supernatural experience. So mm -hmm. from then on, you know, I, I stopped. I just quit music for a second. The second was three years. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I changed my diet completely, you know. I just changed my way of thinking. I stopped clubbing. I started drinking. I stopped smoking. And then I just approached meditation every day. And I just lived a very spiritual life. I studied every day. And then I started studying with different spiritual teachers. Um, I came across a video on YouTube, my man named John Chang, and he was doing something supernatural. He was actually using his energy to set some paper on fire. Mm. And, you know, I know if people are listening to this, they'd probably be like, you know, it's some some bullshit, da da da, da and that's cool. But I knew what it was. Mm. And I was having similar experiences through the practices that I was doing. So I got in contact with one of his students. They said he didn't teach anymore, mm. but it was still somebody else that was teaching in China. So then he put me in connection with them. I got, I got on a, I got on an email then I got on a phone call with them and it was actually, I started speaking to what well, I didn't speak directly to the Buddhist at that time. I was speaking to a guy named Grady Leach. Mm -hmm. So he was an entertainment attorney in Hollywood. His homeboy took him to China. He didn't believe it either. He watched my teacher set a flame retardant shirt on fire with his hands and he never went back to Hollywood and he became a student. Oh, so then, after I told him the experience I was having, they then invited me to come out there, mm -hmm. and then I went out there. And then after that, I started studying with them mm -hmm. and got to witness those things. And that was just part of the journey. So that's that's wow. how that happened, and that's what that was. That's freaking amazing. Yeah, it is. A, it's a very interesting story. That is interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So that kind of like, oh, so this makes sense now because everybody was like really talking crap about Kevin Gates when he was like, he started the... Yeah, the, the vehicle the, with his uh, hands. With his hand. And that's the thing, like, so at the end of the day, like, I don't know if Gates has that ability. I can't say whether he does right. or whether he doesn't. But what I will say is, it's not hard to believe that a human could generate electricity. If you right. go into any hospital, we understand that our body functions off of electricity. If your heart stops, they use a defibrillator that puts electricity back into the body. Mm -hmm. The nervous system functions off of electricity. Mm -hmm. Now, what the thing is, most humans just don't know how to produce it, but there are animals that do an electric eel does it. And how it mm -hmm. does it is it uses its glandular system to do that. Humans can do the same thing. They focus their intention. We mm. just not taught that here in the Western world. Right. Yeah. You're so smart. <laughs> 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 Man, I've just been studying. Yeah. Get my life together. Uh, <clears throat> okay. So how has, um, how did that visit because you said you when you went there, you were already vegan? Yes, I you was. were already vegan. Mm -hmm. And you were already meditating. Exactly. Yep. But when you came back, what had changed for you? Like what were the major things that interestingly changed enough? My teacher, uh, he's not past, his name was Young Fung. And um, 
he was really excited that I was out there because I was doing music. So I was excited to be out there because they were doing magical shit. And he was excited because <laughs> I was black first. And in mm -hmm. that particular part in China, they really hadn't seen many black people. Mm -mm. You know, so I'm taller than everybody. I'm dark <laughs> as hell. Some people not even believing I'm a real human. It was real wild, you know. And then, yeah, so um, what was it that he was? Oh, yeah, so he would just basically would run around and be like, He's like Michael Jackson. He's like Michael Jackson. He can sing. Oh, blah, blah, blah. So he was just hype. So it was actually by the suggestion of them, like, you should go back and do music. Because that time I was thinking about becoming a monk. You see what I'm saying? Mm. I always say this to people because people, like, they'll look at how I live my life. And it's very, like, I'm very chill. You know what I'm saying? I'm mm -hmm. very calm. I'm very even keel. I really don't let nothing get to me. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? I really look at things in a more open perspective. And, you know, it's not common here for people to move like that. Right. Um, so I always say people don't really understand. No, I really almost became a monk, so that's why I approach things the way that I do. But he was like, Nah, you should go back and do music. So I was like, You know what? Fuck it, then. So I came back, made a, a project called uh, Return to Artists, and that's probably amongst the people who know me and are a fan of my music. That's my fan base's favorite project because that was when I first started singing. So before I went to China, I did not know how to sing. When I came back, because I started practicing what's known as mantras, mm -hmm. and there's these like um, thing tones and, and words that you sing, and I wanted to be able to do it correctly. So I'm somebody who, if I really want to do something, I'm very driven, so I can mm -hmm. obsess. So with that being said, I got on YouTube, I typed in singing lessons, and I just did it every day, every day, every day, every day, and I just got nice. And then I went wow. back in the studio and I recorded a project while I was singing and doing what? things like that. And then, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. unreal for real like seriously crazy yeah right. that's how it played out taught himself how to sing who knew i mean when you think about it though like if you really really think about it like it's like a bird that can't chirp you know that's just something natural that birds do so with that being said uh-uh some people uh-uh uh -uh. i'm about to tell you hold on I'm about, to tell, I'm about to give you one thing give me one give me a second let me get off let me get it off so this is what i'm about to say if you're not tone deaf because that's a different thing. If you can't hear a note and, and just repeat it at all, then you don't have a chance. But if you if you are can hear tones uh -huh. and you can just kind of sing a little bit in the shower, uh -huh. if you can hit that one note in the shower a little bit, then you'll understand that your vocal cords are a muscle. Mm -hmm. In the same way anybody can get in that gym and, and lift weights. Right. You might all can't be Ronnie Coleman. Everybody ain't going to be on the sports. Right. Level, but you can get in there and be able to look good enough to take your shirt off and flex. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's the same thing with singing. Okay. Because I was about to say, oh, hold on now. What a caveat at? That's all it we is. Have these folks out here looking crazy. Yeah, they got, I mean, you it's, know, it's, it's enough already. It's enough people already making music. We I will no more. on that. I'm, yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> so, um, since you do meditate, and a lot of people, I know that we hear about it, people talk about it. What are the benefits of meditating? Oh, uh, man, there's just so many. You know, um, in general, whatever your spiritual tradition is, you know, I'm sure it speaks of silence. Whether you're a Christian, whether you practice Islam, Buddhism, whatever, you know, like, yeah, I think, like, the best way to think about it is you think about a body of water. And if there's a storm in that body of water and you're looking at the water, all you see is waves crashing. But if it's still and you look at the water, you can see your reflection. So meditation provides an environment where there's stillness so that you can see yourself. And when you're constantly moving around, 
being out in the world, trying to do this, trying to do that. You're trying to find yourself in an external way instead of doing what that still water does. It reflects you back to you so you can see yourself and look inside of yourself. So meditation provides an opportunity for us to go inside of ourselves. And for many people who are afraid of that is to deal with the things that we suppress every day. So a lot of times we just run around, even the reason that people are looking for attention on social media, you're looking for external validation for somebody to tell you that you enough because mm. you don't believe that you are. So meditation provides that environment so that you can see inside of yourself and realize the false beliefs that you have like you're not enough mm. because you're perfect. And that's what meditation do. It's a fact. I'm speechless. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah, I need to be around you more. You were just like, <laughs> if y'all could feel this, like I'm serious. <laughs> like, man, yeah, yeah. Oh, T Loki. Now I know that earlier you told me that you didn't care, but I'm gonna still talk about it. It's all good. Talk about it, and I'm and I'm talking about it from a different perspective. That's all good. No, I'm, so, I'm with it. I'm listening. Okay, so everybody's right now all on board with this chick who went on TikTok mm -hmm. to do this 50-part series about the relationship, her marriage. For sure. The guy she married. For sure. It's called Who the Fuck Did I Marry? Yeah. And uh, the reason why I decided to watch it was because it was so many things that she talked about that I could relate to. Mm. And I wanted to touch on it because um, mainly for younger girls. Okay. I, especially for little girls that were like me who didn't have a dad. Yeah. And I feel like there are certain people that we attract mm -hmm. and we don't really know that we're attracting them exactly because we weren't taught to protect ourselves from those types of people. Sure. And I'm not blaming her. Some stuff she is at fault for because it was reckless and some of the decisions that she made, like letting somebody move in your house two weeks after you meet them sure. online. Not a smart idea. Yeah, that's heavy. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Yeah. Like, ma'am. But to like the whole thing that she talked about mm -hmm. from meeting him, to marrying him mm -hmm. happened in a year mm -hmm. out of order. So I wanted to talk to young girls and from a male perspective, because you're a good guy. So I know you don't do these types of things, but from a male perspective, <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, I ain't perfect. Y'all I ain't gonna let her put that on me. You know what I'm saying? I'm evolving still, but I'm listening. Perfect. That's how far from perfect. <laughs> but, what what broke my heart about the whole story was that the girl didn't didn't have a way to filter through the stuff because the man was literally just a con artist. Mm -hmm. There weren't red flags. There was these the guy was literally lying. Mm -hmm. Like there was no way for her to tell that he he was literally on the phone with people, but it wasn't nobody on the phone. Mm -hmm. He was talking, having conversations that. and stuff. And so the whole thing was just a lie. So from a male perspective, how do how would you, if you had a, let's say a 15-year-old daughter, mm -hmm. how would you talk to her to help her understand how to recognize these things or what safeguards would you put in place to avoid men like this? I, I say firstly, man, you know, people like that are able to latch on to certain individuals. You know, as she said it, she was desperate. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you're moving in desperation, mm those sharks are going to be able to smell that blood in the water. It's really that simple. So 
instead of thinking about it like you know even being more concerned about him i would want for her to have her own center inside of herself so a lot of times it's in my opinion that women are looking for reassurance mm. they're looking for stability and they're looking for certainty through the masculine energy outside of themselves mm -hmm. so as a result many women feel out of sorts if they don't have that masculine energy there mm -hmm. um an easy way to avoid that is by producing that masculine energy within now some people will probably be like nah i ain't trying to i'm trying to be in my feminine da, da, da. and there's nothing wrong with that per se mm -hmm. but all of us have these blending of energies mm -hmm. a man that's just completely masculine they don't have any feminine traits of of nurturing or receptivity all he is is assertive and domineering mm -hmm. that's not actually a man that a woman wants you see what i'm trying to say so in the same way you know men would take advantage of a woman who it has that certain level of insecurity and is seeking mm. seeking seeking and you know even though we might not say these things to each other subconsciously we know it i can see a woman just by the way her eyes look at me how wide they are mm -hmm. how narrow they are her body language i could tell a lot about who she is as an individual without mm. saying anything so it lets me know if i have opportunity to approach her or not I could right. tell a woman who's very guarded. I could see all these things. We don't have to talk on these things. We can see it, you mm -hmm. know, in the same way you could tell there's a man across the room. If you could feel if he's looking at you, mm -hmm. you see what I'm trying to say? So yeah. you could, we all have the, this sixth sense. Yeah. So for me, what it would be, it'd be about helping her understand who she is, helping her develop that sixth sense so that she wouldn't have to be seeking and be desperate for mm. somebody outside of herself. That would help her avoid a lot of the pitfalls. That's, that's my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Yep. <clears throat> I, I I think it's um one thing that social media is pushing very heavily right now, especially for black women, is this whole um notion that we need to get married right away. Absolutely. Like there is just the, and that was one of the things that she said she wanted to be married. She finally felt like somebody chose her. It was finally her turn. She was going to get all the things that she always said she wanted. And one thing with women, we have to be careful with what information we give because that's what he did he used everything she told him absolutely and manipulated her so. with that information yeah so just I, I don't i don't want people i don't want black women to feel like they have to be so desperate to be married like it's gonna if it's for you it's gonna come to you and that's the other thing like here we have so many men that's incarcerated especially you talking about dating a black man you know just unfortunately the odds and the numbers mean that every black woman is not going no. to be married just that by itself yeah. so with that being said you know if you're thinking about it from a divine perspective then your purpose must be bigger than that then mm. you see what i'm saying so the fact that most women feel like they need to be attached to mm. another man in order for them to have a fulfilled life that's another false belief and this comes yeah. from not spending a lot of time inside of yourself and see, trying to find you outside of yourself so you listen to what other people are saying that you should do this and mm. you should follow that and it's really just because you're not listening to your own intuition yep. because i guarantee you this if these same legs that we got right now that we don't really we we know we got our legs we're not pressed about it but if you got into a car wreck couldn't use those legs were trapped in the bed for a year then by the grace of God, we're able to just stand up again. You will cry tears of joy and you won't be thinking about no man. Uh. So it just lets you know that the only reason that you really pressed about that is because you're not grateful and you're not grateful because you're not present. You see uh. what I'm saying? And as, as we know, 
that happiness is a byproduct of being grateful. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yep. So we just feel like what we have isn't enough. Yeah. And that's the problem. Yep. When we really, <laughs> if I take what you have though, mm. then you realize that it was enough. It was more than enough. Exactly. And that, that was one of the things she actually harped on about the car he was going to buy her, the house he was going to buy see? her, the trips he was going to take her on. That's I'm how like, it be. what? I'd be. Child, listen, peace of mind is so much more important than any of that. Than stuff. anything external. Yeah, I, I don't know. But I she said she was getting counseling, therapy, whatever that she needed to heal. But the one thing, the very, very thing that she said, it was two things. One, where she said that she doesn't trust anybody anymore. This happened in 2020 and 2021. Mm -hmm. She has not dated anybody since then. And she don't, she's not trusting. She ain't, she probably won't never date again. Mm. That's sad. We'll see. And then the other thing she said that hit me, mm. my spirit. Yeah. Because I told you I could relate. Sure. And she said that she never experienced that level of cruelty because he was looking for her reactions. The only reason he was promising her things, knowing he couldn't do it, was to see her reaction. And I'm like, listen, cruelty, when, you, when you've experienced it at a high level, with somebody who claims they love you is devastating. So I understand where she was coming from with it, but I'm hoping that she can heal past that and, and date some like, don't let that be your end all be all life too short for that. Go be happy. Don't let him take that from you. The fact. So let me ask you something. How do you feel? His name was Legion, right? Ain't what they call him. Yeah. So how, <laughs> how you, how do you feel about Legion? What emotions come up for you about Legion? Um, I just think Legion was who he was. I, I didn't think he had a target. That's just who he is. He's mm -hmm. a liar and he um was just gonna be out to get whoever he could get. Um for me, the things that come up for me that mm -hmm. I'm probably projecting onto this situation is um just unkind people. I I a person that's just not a kind person that can hurt people intentionally. Yeah, that's a problem for me. I understand. You know, I feel like in this, I'm gonna just get spiritual for a second. Okay. I ain't gonna go to church too deep. Don't go to church. But I, I do feel like, me. I mean, there's a uh, there's a passage in the Bible. That I'm gonna paraphrase, and it says, "He who says he loves God is a liar. For how can you say you love God who you have not seen when you do not love your brother who you have seen?" And I keep that with me mm -hmm. because you know when I think of somebody like Legion, you know, I understand that anybody that's functioning in a space of cruelty believes themselves to have been treated cruelly mm -hmm. and so it's a response you know you can't you can't offer what you don't have so if a person does not have true love for themselves how can they offer true love to anybody else i agree with that um mm -hmm. i also think that something was mentally wrong with the guy too though sure um sure. and and i will agree with that because i know everybody handles things differently mm -hmm. um because my upbringing was very cruel indeed um and I've never, like, I, I probably had some instances where I was mean to people, but mm -hmm. I, I can't hurt people. I don't, I don't know. It's something in me that just won't let me do it. That's a beautiful thing, though, because I, I would say that in your instance, then, you know, it, 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 two people can be raised in the same household, same parents, yep. you know, daddy could be off to work, making money, 
mama could be home raising the kid. Mm -hmm. One of the kids be like, oh, man, I love my father, man, because he always made sure we were straight. I was able to have all the new shoes. I was able to, you know, play sports because of the sacrifice my father made. And the other child be like, I hate my dad. He won't never there. Mm -hmm. He all he cared about was money, this, that, and the third. Yep. So it don't be what's happening. It be how you perceive what's happening. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going to affect how you feel emotionally. And that's how it's going to make you show up in the world. So yeah. when I see a person like Legion, you know, I understand most people don't want to show compassion to those who are doing things that we think are cruel but if we haven't walked in somebody's shoes mm -hmm. then we have no idea what it is that they've been through you know what i'm saying and and i think that's really why when i was telling you earlier that i wouldn't i didn't really tap into it like that was just because here are two people that none of us know she's sharing her side which i think is completely valid you know i don't even really it's not even even about <laughs> hearing his side it's more so the fact that there is so much investment in this thing when everybody else's life needs that same amount of investment. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think that's what really made me when I saw how many people was into, I think like that's just the whole thing with social media. Like people just so caught up in what the Joneses got going on. And, but I, and, <laughs> and I think that's what, that's why social media is a, is a, is a blessing and a curse exactly. because for her, I think she's doing it to save somebody else. Yeah, and from, I, I from agree running into him. And because once she talked to his ex-wife, she mm. like, why nobody, she had the same story. So why didn't get out? Why didn't nobody tell somebody about this guy? Like he's literally going around and it's like, now it's like three, four women that came out and said that he met menace. him on the sites. And I'm like, oh my goodness. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I have empathy for people and some people need to go get help. They just. I mean, well, that's, well, that's the other piece though. It's like, I feel like that's true too. You know, even somebody, even though I'm saying what I'm saying about him, it don't change the fact that that brother need to seek help for sure. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He got to figure it out. Who knows if that happens in this lifetime? You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? This might might wake him up for him to realize like, okay, I got to stop finessing. But the only reason he doing that though, if you really think about it, is because think about what she was saying. She was saying that, um, well, he, he was capping that he was doing some job. He was a VP at some company mm -hmm. or something like yeah. that, but really he was a forklift driver. Clearly he didn't think being a forklift driver was enough. Right. You see what I'm saying? So clearly he didn't believe him as an individual oh, no. is enough. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So he felt like he had to be something else, just like mm -hmm. everybody else do <laughs> on social media to be yeah. accepted and get the things he want. Plus, you know, he probably is a guy that's like, okay, I know I can get her. I know this woman over here might be able to call out my bullshit because mm -hmm. that's how most men is moving. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, excuse me, but this woman right here, I can sense her insecurities. Mm -hmm. I'm going for that because yeah. I, at least I know I'm not going to have to deal with the rejection and yeah. I can work my move and take, take, take what I need. Yep. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. it is a crazy story though. It is. Crazy and, story. Um, we, we actually, on my other podcast, we had a therapist come on. Um, we were talking about mental health in the black community. Mm. <clears throat> And we kind of just was talking about how we could really, what is it that we can do to get black people to really go to therapy? Because we're walking around like everything's okay. And it's like, we've been through a lot of stuff and nobody really wants to address it. Nobody really wants to talk about it. We just operate as if we're operating in a functional way. And it's like, no, y'all out here hurting people. In fact. <laughs> like, y'all, I yeah. don't know. I, I think know. I think the only thing that we could do is I mean, it's a simple thing. It's, it's something we hear all the time. We got to be the change we want to see. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, when somebody, especially if you start to move in a more open way, mm-hmm. wear your heart more on your sleeve, then it makes a person who is closed off, because that's what we're really talking about, black people being closed off right. and not really wanting to expose the trauma. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but if you somebody that's more of an open book, and then they it, it makes somebody be like, oh, damn, maybe it is safe for me to yep. say what happened to me. Yep. You know, because most people just don't feel like it's safe. They just feel like mm-hmm. if I say something, I'm going to get judged. Mm-hmm. And then that's their worst fear. And they feel like that what they are and what they've dealt with is a weakness and they don't want to be used against them. Right. But if they hear you talk about your weaknesses and in an open way and then they see strength through it mm-hmm. and they feel like, well, damn, maybe I can find strength in that as well. So yep. I, I feel like that's really one of the, the only ways, you know, the more we talk about it, just like podcasts like this, having mm-hmm. this conversation and just being more open and honest, yeah. somebody will hear it and be like, damn, maybe I can. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. Yep. Yeah, hopefully we'll get better. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. So. Mm-hmm. I always ask my guests this last question. Yeah. What advice would you give 15-year-old Monty? Mm. I mean, I, it's a simple thing. I tell him that he was enough. Mm. That's it. You know, I tell him that he was enough. I think that at that time, as as young men, we trying to, especially then, trying to find our masculinity. You know, the, the young boys, everything is gay and this, that, and the third. You see what I'm trying to say? So it's yes. like we, we feel like we have to live up to an image, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, you need to get the girls and this, that, and the third. And, you know, we putting on, you know, we at that age, we concerned with things we weren't concerned before. Before you was liking the toys you was playing with. Now right. you want the clothes and you want the shoes because... They said that's what was hot. Uh, you said I'm trying to say, so right. now you you trying to do that. And, you know, I went through all of those phases. You know, I went through the phases of not even liking my complexion. You see what right. I'm saying? So when it's stuff like that, yeah. you know, in that time, I'm trying to figure out, just find my way. So I would say that. I'll go back and be like, bro, trust me, you enough. And your complexion going to work out. Now. What? <laughs> <laughs> the most sought after. You know what I'm saying? child listen y'all i just want y'all to understand if you've never been around an almost monk (laughs) you missing out okay you missing out (laughs) Tigo. listen Mm. it was such an honor having you on the show i appreciate you like you are so amazing thank you thank you so amazing for that um, and I don't say that to a lot of people, especially in the Carolina, because y'all a little weird. Damn. But, <laughs> <laughs> Damn. But this is the part of the show where I allow the guests to say whatever you want to say. If you want to promote something, if you want people to follow you, if you want them to listen to your music, let the people know where they can find it. The floor is yours. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll keep it simple. So, you know, like the music. Uh, for sure, you can follow me on all social media platforms. That's T-G-O-B Music. That's T-I-G-O-B. M-U-S-I-C on all social media platforms. And yeah, it's really, look, which camera? I'm going to look at all of them. Look. That's yours right this, there. That mine right there. Yep. <laughs> Meditation family. Really got some supernatural shit going on. Look, and I know you probably thinking to yourself like, what's this nigga talking about? But I'm telling you, try it out. Try breathing exercise class. Just try it out. You know, see how it feel. Telling you, it saved my life. And if you hear how I'm talking, you like the way that I'm talking, you like the way I think about things, it's a result of the practice, you know. So 
It's just like you see somebody that's in the gym throwing weights around, doing calisthenics, all of that. It's not because they some amazingly gifted individual. No, nah, they got in there and they were consistent, you know, and they were disciplined. And that's what I did with meditation. I got consistent and I'm disciplined as a result. This is what you have. So you can do the same thing. You can be the same way, but you just got to believe in yourself, look into yourself and, you know, be still. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, child. Listen, y'all hear that voice? <laughs> I need my church fan. <laughs> she gassing me up, y'all. She gassing I'm me not. up. I'm <laughs> not. Y'all know I don't like people. No, I'm yeah. Listen. I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you. Y'all, please, please, please make sure you hit that notification bell. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Comment, like, tell your people about the show. Because you know on the Core Queen podcast, we are getting fit physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. No sugar coating. And you know, if you big back bitches need me to help you out, <laughs> I am the Core Queen. I help individuals lose weight and get in amazing shape without starving yourself or spending hours a day in the gym. I appreciate y'all. We are out.